Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Niners. It's Seahawks. It's Monday Night Football. It's as good as it gets. We'll discuss it with the Butcher Boy, Joe Shasky, 95.7. The game out there in the Bay Area, just two sex. Home and home radio.com sports original. We are brought to you by Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Check them out. Zip Recruiter dot com slash enter zip recruiter is my friends the smartest way to hire i'm dave briggs home of connecticut ross tucker back home from west point he's home in pennsylvania no better sight in football than snowy lambeau field packers and panthers in an outstanding matchup on sunday afternoon and gotta tell you ross kyle allen's good kyle allen's great but kyle allen is that girl that I liked, that I, I I dated for like a year. She was cute. She was great, smart, fun, checked all the boxes. Never going to fall in love with her though, man. Never going to get it done. She's never going to get a ring from me. Kyle Allen's good, but is he great? Is he ever going to be the guy that wins them a ring? Well, I think that's pretty unfair for a, a second-year guy who was undrafted and has started what? Not even ten games at this point yeah. at Lambeau in the snow to get Carolina in Green Bay territory seven times to throw for over three hundred yards, even though he was under constant duress from the Smith brothers and the Packers defense. Um, I mean, if you're saying you don't think he's ever going to win a Super Bowl, I think that's a pretty high standard obviously um i'll say this i don't think cam newton could have done what he did yesterday and cam newton never got the panthers a super bowl i think kyle allen is showing he is a starting quarterback in the nfl who is worth building around who is worth giving that opportunity and look there's a bunch of football this year to play out he's really had one bad game and that was against the San Francisco 49ers. I thought yesterday was a very, very favorable performance for his evaluation moving forward. 24-16, the final. I know, look, the ultimate evaluation has to be, does he win you a Super Bowl? Without that evaluation, why are we even talking about a starting quarterback? He's very, very good. Couple of costly turnovers, two of them. The interception was crucial. Just a really bad decision. Yes, every quarterback makes a really bad decision. The latest reporting on the other guy that Ross mentioned, Cam Newton, is that his return to the Panthers next year is highly unlikely. That's according to Ian Rappaport. A trade Seems most likely at this point, and Ian also reporting that Cam Newton would be open to playing with the Chicago Bears, who are clearly in need of a quarterback, despite the fact that Mitch Trubisky threw a couple of touchdowns in a win over a hapless Lions team. Before we move on from this game, though, Aaron Rodgers was okay. Aaron Rodgers was pretty good. Aaron Jones seems to be the straw that stirs the drink. He has been 
outstanding this season. Not talked about enough. Three rushing touchdowns on the afternoon. That is 11 on the season and 14 total touchdowns on the year. Does this Is this reminiscent of what you see with Cleveland? Do they need to establish and stick with Aaron Jones? Is he where the offense needs to go through for Green Bay to be at their best? You know, I think I, I don't think it needs to be that every week. I, I think he's obviously having a terrific year. I think part of that's because of how people play Aaron Rodgers. But I think they've got a really good combo there. And there's nothing wrong with being balanced. We saw it from Minnesota last night. We've seen it from Dallas at times. I think they got a good flow going there with both those guys. Aaron Jones, wow. If you grabbed him in fantasy football, you are probably winning your league or at least in contention to win it. He is a horse, and when he smells that end zone, he ain't stopping. By the way, some of you are wondering about the two-point decision uh, by Ron Rivera when they made it 24-16. Afterwards, Ron Rivera said that was, quote, purely analytics. He says he has studied that situation and would make the same decision again, so it's hard to argue a man that had researched that decision and going with conviction and statistics there. On to Monday Night Football. What a matchup we have tonight. As good as you'll get this season, it's a rivalry that feels like it's finally back after a few years hiatus, perhaps. Let's talk about it with Seattle Times' Matt Calkins and the butcher boy, Joe Shasky, 95-7 the game out there in the Bay Area. Good to have you both. It's Dave Briggs. It's Ross Tucker. Butcher Boy, let's start with you. You guys are favored by six points. Why do the Niners win this game? Because their defensive line is absolutely elite. I mean, Russell Wilson is the only reason, the only reason that Seattle is getting any chance in this game whatsoever. It's not their defense. Bobby Wagner I have tremendous respect for, Hall of Famer, but he's slow. He's not the same player. They don't have Cam Chancellor. They don't have Earl Thomas. They definitely don't have Richard Sherman anymore. This is not the same Legion of Boom, nor is it the same defense. Yeah, they got a decent running game. Carson will put the ball on the floor. Now, for the 49ers, they get back all the hogs up front. They get Juszczyk, the best fullback in the game back. They get their two bookend tackles, Joe Staley, who's the third greatest offensive lineman in 49er history, and the young stud Mike McGlinchey on the right side. I mean, this team was working with Band-Aids over gunshot wounds on that offensive line, and Jimmy Garoppolo just had, with a bunch of backups, his best game ever as a San Francisco 49ers. Four touchdowns, 300 yards passing. It was unbelievable. But for me, it starts up front. The defensive line, the offensive line, the ability of Matt Breida to gash them on the outside and look for Emmanuel Sanders in the slot to absolutely roast Seattle. This is the biggest home game, okay? Biggest home game since Candlestick. This is the biggest matchup for San Francisco 49er fans since losing to Seattle in the NFC Championship game in 2013, January of 2014. We're still pissed off that the Seattle fans threw stuff at my man, Navarro Bowman, as he was stretched out, getting carted off the field, the lowest point in his career. So there's a lot of bad blood here. And let's not act. I mean, Richard Sherman against his old team and Pete Carroll, a top five villain against San Francisco 49er fans all time. But Pete Carroll is the Marin boy. He's local. He churned us. He, he stiff-armed us in 2005. Yeah, I'm still bitter about it. We hate Pete Carroll locally. The 49ers are winning this game, and they're winning this game going away because of their offensive line dominance and their defensive line. Straight up. Wow. Joe, that was intense. Uh, Matt, I won't even ask you a question. I'll just ask for a rebuttal to some of the things Joe just said. 
Wagner is slow. I didn't know that. I'll, uh, I'll pass that along. Um, I, you might have some things to say about that. Look, I think the Niners probably are uh, the, the better team. Uh, Seattle's, I think, points for, points against. They're plus 18 compared to the 49ers, plus 133. So if you look on paper, the Niners have dominated the competition much more than Seattle. I think it's very possible that the Seahawks are the worst 7-2 team ever. Um, however... They do have Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson isn't just good. He isn't just great. He has been the MVP of the league uh, through the first nine games of the season. His passer rating at an all-time high. His fourth-quarter comebacks continues to amaze. Um, we're at the point right now where if they are down in the fourth quarter and Russell Wilson has the ball, the expectation is that they are going to win. I think right now also Wilson and Tyler Lockett might be the best quarterback wide receiver duo in the game right now. D.K. Betcoff uh, is one of the best rookies in the league. We saw him put the afterburners on um, last week in, in the Seahawks win. Um, they've gotten Josh Gordon, which obviously they're taking a flyer on. They're the only team to pick him up off of waivers, but still um, it's, a, it's a small risk considering he's only uh, $2 million. He's only getting paid $2 million this year. If you add all that together and you got one of the best receiving cores uh, in the NFL right now, plus – it's got a strong running game with Chris Carson if he can keep the ball in his hands. Uh, fumbling has been an issue for him. However, he did put up um, over 100 yards uh, against the Bucks last week, and he was the only guy in the NFL to have done that so far. So offensively, Seahawks, fourth best of the league, have the best quarterback going right now. Defense has been an issue. There's no doubt about that right now. I think 27th in the league in points allowed, uh, and they're just not getting to the pat to the quarterback right now. That's been the big problem. So I think that's going to be the key. But if you look at their linebacking core, K.J. Wright and Bobby Wagner, they've solved a lot of problems right now. I don't think that Wagner's been uh, slow uh, this season. I don't know if he's had his best year, but he's still looking like a pro bowler. The secondary, Shaq Griffin, Bradley McDougal can, can play their game. Uh, then the Seahawks are right in there. I think the one common thing that these two teams have going right now is neither have had a great strength of schedule right now. So this is going to be a big litmus test for both. The Niners, I think their, big, their best opponent so far has been the Panthers uh, with, uh, without Cam Newton in the lineup. Um, so this is going to be a big test for both teams. I think the Seahawks are the underdog legitimately, but I don't think they're out of this by any means. Matt, I'm curious, just in your talks this week, six-and-a-half-point underdogs with the MVP so far of the NFL, is there any chip on their shoulder? Has that been referenced or mentioned at all? Um, they will never admit it if that's the case. You know, we all are, we're always trying to ask them, you know, are you feeling disrespected? Is this a rivalry game is one of the things we've asked. And uh, one thing Pete Carroll was saying, back when he was at USC, um, you know, he took uh, all his players, uh, you know, when they were playing against Notre Dame, and, you know, they, did, they, they really built the game up big. They went to touchdown Jesus before the game and all that stuff, and uh, they ended up getting slaughtered. So Carroll doesn't treat this any differently uh, as he does any other game. But, um, yeah, I mean, they, they probably are thinking that a little bit. At the same time, you know, this is a team that, has only beaten, they only beat Cincinnati by one point. Uh, they only beat Pittsburgh without Ben Roethlisberger by two points. Um, 
you know, they, they struggled against the Falcons, against the Buccaneers. So um, I don't know if they have a chip on their shoulder. I don't know that they're looking at this game any differently. They won't admit it if they are. Uh, but at the same time, when you look at the quality of their wins, they haven't been that high. So this is definitely an opportunity to shut a lot of those critics up, I think. Yeah, boy, Matt, you wrote calling the Seahawks defense mediocre would be generous at this point. So that could be uh, obviously the sensitive spot for them. All right, Butcher Boy, Kyler Murray tore you up pretty good last week. 240 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, How are you going to contain Russell Wilson if Kyler Murray did that to you? Well, first off, Kyler Murray was coming off a three days rest and Kenyon Drake had over two weeks rest. The guy's been put on ice for the last, I don't know how many, five weeks for Miami. So that dude had fresh legs. And the 49ers exerted a ton of energy just the Sunday before to eke out a victory. So the way I'm looking at it, look, it's going to be pressure up front. This offensive line for Seattle is just, it's not good. They're just not good. And as great as Russell Wilson is, look, he is fantastic. First ballot Hall of Famer. The guy's unbelievable. I have tremendous respect for him. This defensive line was built to stop him. DeForest Buckner up the middle. DJ Jones. You're showing Solomon Thomas right there. But let's talk about the two edge rushers. The 49ers, even during the Harbaugh era, they did not have edge rushers like Nick freaking Bosa. The closeout speed, the strength, the power. This dude is throwing grown men like sacks of potatoes. He's 21 years old. And let's not forget D Ford. They traded a second round pick, gave the guy $30 million in the offseason. They've really used him as a specialist on third down. I expect D Ford to have a monster game. Now, here is where they have a chink in the armor. Quan Alexander, one of the tone setters for this defense, coming off the ACL from Tampa Bay. They signed him as a free agent to kind of alleviate the Reuben Foster situation after Reuben was cut last year in the regular season. Quan Alexander was special this year. And it's not about his actual play on the field. It's the energy level that he brings, the way he hits opponents, the way he's yapping in between plays. I mean, it's a really infectious style of play that Quan Alexander brought to this defense. How are they going to overcome the loss of Quan Alexander? Is it going to be the rookie Dre Greenlaw from Arkansas? Are they going to put a safety in the box to maybe mix and match and spy Russell Wilson? I don't know, but I'll tell you this. I know Seattle is going to downplay this being a rivalry. Ask Richard Sherman if this is a rivalry. Ask Kyle Shanahan if this is a rivalry. Ask Jed York, who was denied a Super Bowl opportunity, a return to the Super Bowl by Pete Carroll. Ask Dr. John York, Denise York, who was shunned by Pete Carroll 14 years ago when they offered him the head coaching job. This is absolutely, absolutely a rivalry game. And I love how Seattle's just downplaying it because their defense isn't very good this time. But let me tell you right now, These guys that have been kicked around, the 49ers and their fans, this is a monster game. We've been circling this one since August 1st. This is the game everyone said, oh, you haven't done anything until you beat Seattle. You haven't done anything until you beat Russell Wilson. This defense was made to stop Russell Wilson. This offense was set to to create the tone, uh, hold the ball, and, and have that time possession thing, which they've been doing all year, 35 to 40 minutes every single game. Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, and now they added a wide receiver. So, obviously, the George Kittle injury, he's not going to play tonight. At least that's what everyone's saying. That's massive. I mean, he's hes their best player. There's no question about it. But Ross Dwelly's been playing really good in the absence of Kyle Juszczyk. So, I'll be interested to see how they can – you know, overcome that injury because Kittle not only is an unbelievable pass catcher, it's like having another tackle out there. He sets the edge in the run game, and you know a Kyle Shanahan offense wants to get that zone read, get out to the outside. So, look, 
There's a lot of things converging tonight. And I'm telling you right now, Levi Stadium is going to be rocking. I mean, they open the gates at 1 o'clock. They might as well have that thing open at 8 a.m. because people have been getting liquored up for three straight days getting ready for this one. All right, boys. It's it's go time. Matt, I'll start with you. Just a a, a prediction for the final score and, and why you feel that way. I, I actually picked the Niners to win uh, by 10 points. Um, I don't know if the Seahawks fans are going to want to hear that. Uh, I've kind of been the guy that's been picking against Seattle for a lot of these games uh, and have been wrong. So I've been eating a lot of crows so far. Um, but I just look at their schedule to this point. I don't think it's been particularly impressive. They barely beat Tampa Bay. They barely beat Atlanta. They barely beat Cincinnati. They barely beat Pittsburgh. Um, so I, I haven't been particularly impressed, and I've just been watching the 49ers steamroll through anyone. However, I will say uh, that all these times that I predicted against, oh, also the night or the, the Seahawks, uh, the the two teams with winning records they played, the Saints uh, and the Ravens, uh, they got handled pretty well. Um, so you know they they haven't been particularly impressive against good teams. However, Russell Wilson um, is not just good right now. He's great. He is a first-bout Hall of Famer, um, you know, as, as was said a second ago, and he's playing the best football of his career. So nothing would surprise me with him. He is the X Factor. I say the Niners win, uh, but I've been saying the Seahawks lose a lot this year based on what I've seen and based on, you know, the deficiencies that have been pointed out, and they consistently prove me wrong. Um, so I'm probably giving the Seahawks a victory by picking against them. What about you, Joe? What's the final score? Well, I got a text message from my 85-year-old grandpa who's going to be sitting with me in the end zone tonight. He's super fired up, and we both agree. 41-30, 49ers win. They jump out early. They make Seattle one-dimensional. You get these two bookends, defensive ends, and they're going to be going after Russell Wilson. They're going to throw up some points late, Seattle, in the fourth quarter, make a valiant effort. 49ers backdoor cover late. I'm telling you right now. This Niner offense is going to get up and down the field. Look for Matt Breida, Coleman, and my man, Emmanuel Sanders, to have bust-out games. Jimmy Garoppolo is just starting to hit his stride. There's levels to this thing. I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson is at the highest level. Jimmy's barely scratching the surface. And he's finally, he finally has a competent number one wide receiver. I mean, he's not Julio, but he's so much better than what they had before. The 49ers are going to be able to run the ball with no problem. Their defensive line is going to get pressure up the middle. But the key is containing Russell Wilson. And then also, my big-time matchup, guys, it's going to be uh, K1 Williams in the slot against Tyler Lockett. You got to slow down Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett is a dynamic playmaker down the field, but K1 Williams is one of the best slot cover corners in the game. I'm expecting the 49ers to out hit Seattle from the jump, and I'm telling you, that place is going to be live. I got the 49ers 41. I got the Seattle Seahawks 30. Niners are going to win. They're going to go 9-0, and and their path to the number one seed and hosting every game at Levi's throughout the playoffs, it begins tonight. Not lacking for confidence, kind of like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo on the sideline with the reporter, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Shasky's taking the over and taking the Niners big. Every time we've done a debate, Someone has picked against their team, so we'll continue that theme. Butcher Boy Joe Shasky and Seattle Times Matt Calkins. Thank you both. Thank you, gentlemen. Should be outstanding tonight, Monday Night Football, Niners and Seahawks. Who you got, Ross? 
Oh, I got the Niners. Although, you know what? It's a little concerning. No George Kittle and no Quan Alexander, but uh, the Seahawks defense has been bad. And it's surprising because under Pete Carroll, you know, that's something they've been able to count on. Maybe they need to hire some other players over there. They tried to hire Jadeveon Clowney. They tried to hire Ziggy Ansah. They have them both. Those guys have not produced. You know what always produces, as in quality candidates? Zip Recruiter. How about my guy, Cafe El Torres, COO Dylan Miskowitz? He needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. You know what he did? He switched to ZipRecruiter. I know it's going to surprise you. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's technology, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. A lot of NFL teams needed to hire backup quarterbacks. They are crucial in this league. Three teams started a new quarterback in week 10. Now 16 of 32 have started at least two QBs. That's more than all of last season. The most crucial position to hire right now, a backup quarterback. That includes you, Colts, because Brian Hoyer apparently ain't going to cut it. The Colts have got to beat the crappy Miami Dolphins. I don't care if Brian Hoyer is their starting quarterback. As long as they have Marlon Mack, a good offensive line, a solid defense, three good tight ends, you have got to beat the Miami Dolphins. You have to, but they didn't. Hoyer, 18 of 39, three interceptions that led to 13 points, and the Dolphins have won two straight games. They're not good at tanking. They are a decent football team, despite there is almost no talent on the roster. Ryan Fitzpatrick, the reason they have a chance to win, as you can figure, he goes out, throws for 300 yards and four touchdowns, even with four interceptions. Completely the opposite guy on Sunday. 169 yards, an interception, and his legs somehow saved the day, and the Dolphins have won two straight. Hey, Ross, the front office wants to tank. The players don't give a damn. You have to admire their spirit, even if ultimately it's hurting them in the end. Well, and I, I wrote this on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL. You're at Dave Briggs TV. We're at RDC Home and Home. We, we first guessed this back in August when this show first started. Ryan Fitzpatrick was the wrong quarterback <laughs> to sign if you wanted to lose. If you wanted to tank games this year and get the number one overall pick, 
He was the wrong quarterback. And here's the problem now. Right now, the Bengals will draft ahead of them. They'll take a quarterback. The Redskins draft ahead of them. I'm not sure that they won't go for a quarterback. You know, they, they could do a uh, a Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen deal to Dwayne Haskins there, depending on who the new head coach is. So the Dolphins might not get their top two quarterback picks. What are they going to do? Try to tank again next year? Uh, cut Fitzpatrick, get rid of his winning ass, and get some <laughs> loser in there so that they can try to get Trevor Lawrence in 2021? I mean, look, we could have a longer debate tomorrow on the Dolphins because it's a really interesting situation when you're clearly stockpiling assets for the future, but you're not losing enough to allow you to get the franchise quarterback that you covet. It's a disaster for them. It's an absolute disaster. Josh Rosen's the guy you need there. And no disrespect to Josh Rosen, but I think the erratic nature of it gives you a better chance of getting a top two pick. And to your point, Burrow is gone. Tua is gone. Okay, Justin Herbert looks like a fantastic prospect at this point. But what do you accomplish if you win three games? It looks like the Dolphins probably beat the Cincinnati Bengals continue to fall to a lower pick. Maybe you still end up with Herbert, or maybe you still end up with Chase Young, who is a pretty damn good consolation prize. But it is interesting to watch this experiment. I don't know if it's working. It sure feels like it is failing in every way. They tried to do everything they can in South Florida to tank their way to a number one pick. But maybe the point is to get Lawrence in two years out of Clemson. Maybe they need two years of tanking. One thing is clear. The sad end is here for this show, and the sad end is here for Adam Venateri. Oh, we'll talk about this later in the week as well. But one of the greatest kickers, probably the greatest kicker of all time, is a debacle. He has missed six PATs this season, and the Colts flat out suck. That is inexcusable, Frank Reich. It's inexcusable for that entire organization. What an awful effort against the Dolphins. They are now 5-4, and four, and we are out of time. It was a busy football Monday. Salute, pay tribute to those veterans on this Veterans Day. Please make a gesture somehow, some way today. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. We'll see you Tuesday. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.